You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. God wants you to love Him with all your heart and all your mind, everything you have and all your strength. You remember the one complaint? The one complaint that the Lord had against the church of Ephesus. What was the biggest complaint He had about the church of Ephesus? You've left your first love. You've left your first love. In other words, you're saying, you left me. You've left me. You've walked out on me. See, that should be our first love before anything. Jesus said that the greatest commandment was to love God with all our heart, soul, body, and strength. In today's message, Pastor Dave reminds us that we are to give the Lord first place in our hearts and lives. He also admonishes those who have let their devotion to God fade through complacency to fan the flames of love. Now here's Pastor Dave with part one of today's message, Choose This Day, from the book of Joshua, chapters 23 and 24. Last week, we studied chapter 23. First thing Joshua did was reminded them of God's faithfulness. And I don't think this is a bad thing for us. I know from time to time, I need to be reminded of how faithful God has been. And it's good for us to remind each other the faithfulness of God, how he has shown himself faithful in various situations. And I know that you have stories of his faithfulness in your lives, and I have stories of his faithfulness in my life. And I think it's good from time to time to share those, to help each other out and to, to encourage each other to continue on. And that's what, that's what Joshua is doing. He wants them to continue on. He doesn't want them to continue on in their own strength. He wants them to continue on in the power of the Lord and in his strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It says in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord. And that's our call. That's our charge. Be strong in the Lord. Every time we're strong in our own strength, I can guarantee there's going to be failure. I guarantee there's going to be problems. Be strong in the Lord and his strength. See, I firmly believe that what we can learn from Joshua, what we can learn from a lot of these uh, Old Testament saints, what we can learn from is that And I firmly believe this. I firmly believe that the Lord never calls you to a service. I believe that the Lord never gives you a task to do that he then doesn't empower you to do that task. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that that is what he does. He calls you to a task and then he empowers you to do a task. He may be calling you to witness to your neighbor somehow, some way. You may be fighting him, worried about what shall I say? What shall I do? Well, he told Moses and Jesus tells the disciples, open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit speak through you. So he'll empower you to do those things that he's called you to do. Why? Why does he empower you? Because what we learned in Joshua, because he's already completed the work. If you're faithful, if You're faithful. He's already completed the work that needs to be done. If you're faithful, like Joshua, every place you put your foot, Joshua, 
I've given to you. What was Joshua's call? He had to go and put his foot in various places. He had to go possess it. God had empowered him to do that by the Holy Spirit. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. See, focus on me. I love the scripture in Hebrews. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's a staring. It's a gazing intently. Looking at him, wondering which way he's going to go next. Which way is he leading me? God wants us to accomplish wonderful and great things for him. And he's given us power to do that. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And if you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit, you need to be. You you need to have that power in you. To walk in victory and experience his awesomeness. And then give him glory for what he does and what he's done. Joshua tells the leaders to be courageous. To be courageous. And we used to sing a song. We used to sing a song that went, be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Walk in faith and victory. Walk in faith and victory, because the Lord thy God is with you. He's telling these guys right here, be courageous. And he can say that because the Lord told him the exact same words. Told Moses before him, be courageous. Be courageous. Be bold. Be courageous. He says, be courageous and keep every word and do all that is written in the book of Moses, the law of Moses. Keep my commandments, he says. Keep my commandments. Keep my commandments that I've given to you. What have we been called to do? What's the one commandment the Lord has told us to do? Love the Lord your God with our heart, mind, and strength. The second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Those are commandments. Those aren't suggestions. Those are commandments. That's what he's called us to do. This is a challenge to us Christians. He wants us to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And in order to be doers of the word, what do you have to know? God's word. You have to have God's word in your heart. Scripture says that your heart, your word, the word is an epistle, an open epistle written on the hearts of men. Our lives are epistles. We have to know what it says. We have to read it. We have to memorize it. We have to let it become our life. His word becomes our life. His word becomes what we live and breathe. And I think verse 11 in chapter 23 sums it all up. Verse 11 in chapter 23 sums up our entire relationship to the Lord. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Take careful heed. This is no coincidence that this is the first commandment. Why? Because everything flows from this. Everything flows from our love of the Lord. Everything flows from the Lord. Everything. If you get this wrong, you miss it out. You miss. You get this wrong, you miss it. You miss it completely if you get this wrong. This has always been a problem with men and women. We have divided hearts. It's not that we don't love God. I'm not accusing you. Oh, don't you tell me I don't love God. I'm not accusing you of not loving God. I'm accusing you of placing God, your love for God somewhere down on the list. 
I sure I love God. I come here, don't I? But you place your love for God down on the list. The commandment says, there shall be no other gods before me. He wants to be top of our list, not the bottom of our list. First commandment, no other gods. David prayed, unite my heart to fear thy name. And the heart is always considered the the, the seat of emotions. But emotional love is variable. Emotional love, how I feel. I don't feel like I like you today. We have variable feelings. But the heart, the love that comes from the heart is a constant love. It's a constant love. He says, love him with all your soul. The heart has been considered the seat of the spirit. The heart is the seat of the spirit and the mind is considered the seat of the soul. God wants you to love him with all your heart and all your mind, everything you have and all your strength. Do you remember the one complaint? The one complaint that the Lord had against the church of Ephesus. What was the biggest complaint he had about the church of Ephesus? You've left your first love. You've left your first love. In other words, you're saying, you left me. You've left me. You've walked out on me. See, that should be our first love before anything. I love the fact that I'm number two in my wife's life because I know number one is the Lord. I can't love her if the Lord is not number one in my life. I cannot love her the way she needs to be loved. I can love her with a physical love. I can love her with a brotherly love. And I can love her with all the other types of love. But I cannot love her with the love that she needs as a child of God without first loving the Lord my God and experiencing his love in me. That frees me up to love her the way I'm supposed to. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. You've left your first love. In in Jeremiah 2, there's an interesting thing there. In Jeremiah 2, in chapter 2, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness in a land not sown. He remembers that, and he's lamenting. How come you're not still coming after me anymore? Remember all the great times we used to have in Bible study? Remember all the great times we used to have when you'd open up my word and study and I would fill your heart with gladness and joy and you would be so happy and pleased? Remember those times? God saying to you, oh, how I miss those times. Oh, how I miss those times that I could spend with my child, telling my child how much I love him or her, lavishing them and showing them that great love. Oh, oh, how I miss that loving time with you. Where you been? lamenting. Joshua tells the readers, excuse me, Joshua tells the leaders, there's an L there. Joshua tells the leaders, you've got to get this right. I'm telling you, victorious Christian, if you truly want to be victorious in our Christian walk, you've got to get this right. This is the one we have to get right. Take heed, take careful heed to love the Lord your God. As we begin chapter 24, we look at verse 1. It says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for the heads and their judges and for the officers, and they presented themselves before God. Now, 
Many think that this is exactly a continuation of the farewell address that we talked about in verse 23. However, it could be a different address because he's now going to try to address the entire nation. But there's a location given here. He's in Shechem. Many believe that Joshua is now speaking to the entire nation somehow in Shechem. Why do you think it's Shechem? There's nothing in the Bible that is placed there by happen chance. Nothing in the Bible by happen chance. Number one, I see two reasons why they're at Shechem. Number one, when the Lord spoke to Abraham and told him he was going to inherit the land of Canaan, Abraham was in Shechem. This is a fulfillment of what the Lord told Abraham. Secondly, which is very important in this chapter, it was at Shechem that Jacob destroyed the idols that he had brought with him and that had been brought with them from Mesopotamia in Genesis 35. Very important that Jacob destroys these idols compared to what we're going to read in the coming verses about forsaking foreign gods. So I think it's very, very unique that we're in Shechem. So now Joshua sits up there and he's going to talk to the nation. Let's read for a while. I'm going to read verses 2 through 13. So follow along, please. And Joshua said to the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Jacob, I mean Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt, according to what I did among them. Afterwards I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And you came to the sea. The Egyptians pursued you, pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then I dwelt in the wilderness a long time. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. And they fought with you, but I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore, he continued to bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gerashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. Also, the two kings of the Amorites, but not your sword or your bow. I've given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards, the olive groves, which you did not plant. Wow. Wow. Joshua speaks. He speaks now to all of Israel. And he says something very, very interesting at the beginning of it. He says, thus says the Lord. 
This becomes prophecy. This becomes prophecy. Prophecy is not always predictive. Prophecy can be predictive, but prophecy is not always predictive. The true meaning of prophecy is bringing forth the word of God. So that's what Joshua is doing. He's bringing forth God's word. See, God is getting ready to challenge the children of Israel. He's getting ready to challenge you and me tonight. God is getting ready to challenge the children of Israel. And once again, he wants to remind them of his faithfulness. Notice something strange. As I read through those chapters, did you notice all the I statements? All the I statements? Look at them. Look at them. I took your father. I gave Jacob and Esau. I gave the mountains. I sent Moses and Aaron. I plagued Egypt. I did among them. I brought you out. I brought your fathers out. Listen to this. These I verses. What I did in Egypt, I brought you into the land. I gave them into your hand. I destroyed them. I would not listen to Balaam. I delivered them into your hands. I sent the hornet and I've given you a land. You get a theme here, folks? Is there a theme going on here? Look what God has done for them. Look what God has done for them. He says, I've I've given you that. I've given you this. And then in verse 13, in verse 13, he enlarges it. He says, hey, guys, I've given you a land which you didn't labor for. I've given you cities that you didn't build. And you live in them. And you eat the olives and the vineyards that you didn't even plant. All these things that God has done for this nation. I love it. I love it. And when I was reading this, really, it was really, when I read this, I was, I was led to go to Peter. And in, and in 1 Peter, in verses 3 through 8, I just love what it says here. We get an idea of what God is doing. We, we've gone to Ephesians many, many times, to what God has done in our lives, and we can still go there, and it would be, it would be applicable for this verse. But in, in, in 1 Peter, in, in 1 Peter 3, in 1 Peter 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you may be grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, I rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Peter's saying, wait a minute. God has begotten you to a living hope. God has given you an inheritance which is incorruptible. He's given you an inheritance which is undefiled. He's given you an inheritance that will not fade away. It is reserved for you in heaven. He keeps you by his power. And all the times you're hearing this, you're going saying, yeah, but what do I get to do? What do I get to do? I can imagine these guys saying, what do we get to do? What do we get to do? And down here he says, believe. And we laugh. 
And I laugh with you, and I love it, and I chuckle with that. Man, when the rubber meets the road, sometimes believing is the hardest thing that we can do. Sometimes when we, and we see all these wonderful things that God has given us, and we all want to do what's best. We all want to obey God. We all want to have that faith. But man, when you're in a trial, thank you, Peter, that it's just a little while. I like that. When you're in a trial, that's the hardest thing we have to do is believe. It's tough. It's tough out there to believe that he's going to work all things together for good because his word tells me so. It's tough. But we believe it and we trust in him. God has provided us through his grace and his mercy. He's given us so much that we receive by faith. And when we receive it by faith, we become, we become partakers of these divine promises. And all the promises in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. And all the promises throughout the entire New Testament. We become partakers of those. They're, they're given to us. Go back to Ephesians 1 and read through that glorious chapter, beginning in verse 3 to the end, to tell you what we have through Christ Jesus. That is exciting stuff. I've given you this. I've adopted you. I've predestined that you're here. Bang, bang, bang. What do you want me to do, Lord? Believe. Believe. As you see this wonderful list, I'm going to go back to uh, Joshua. As you see this wonderful list that the Lord proclaims to the children of Israel, there is something strangely missing from this list. There is something strangely missing from this list. Let's see if anyone knows what it is. Does anybody know what's strangely missing from this list? I didn't hear you. Yeah. Doesn't talk about the time that they got angry and cried in the wilderness and wanted this and wanted that. Doesn't talk about the time that Achan, Achan sinned against them. He doesn't talk. God doesn't even mention their sin. He never mentions what they've done wrong. And you can't tell me for 48, 48, what did we figure out? Almost 60 years, they haven't done anything wrong? Hmm. God never mentions it. He just tells them how faithful he has been to them. How faithful he has been to them. Why? Jeremiah 31, 34. I will remember their sin no more. I will remember their sin no more. The slate is wiped clean with Jesus Christ. It's done. It's through. The slate is clean, cleared. Believe me, as a school teacher, I've erased a lot of blackboards. I haven't erased as many whiteboards as I have blackboards. But I've erased a lot of blackboards. And you you erased that gone, all those notes that you put up there. And I used to remember writing notes. And I would scribble up there and I'd write all these notes and I'd get down to the bottom and I'd start erasing the top and somebody yell, wait, 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 I'm not done yet. I said, it's all the way up there. I've erased a lot of notes. God has erased all of your sin through Christ Jesus. All of your sin, past, present, and future has been wiped clean. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you, but sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in again, though, to Pastor Dave's continuing verse-by-verse study of the book of Joshua here on Cape Watch Radio. In the meantime, we'd like to invite you to learn more about Cape Watch Radio by visiting our website, capewatchradio.com. There you'll find an array of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, 
available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. In this busy world, setting time aside to study the Bible in depth is difficult, so we'd like to make that just a bit easier. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll have sound, biblical teachings sent right to your smartphone or computer. What a great way to infuse your day with God's Word. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and continue to walk through the Bible on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have small children, please feel free to give us a call to find out which service will fit your family best. Our number is 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Thanks for listening to today's message from the book of Joshua. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another in-depth look at this fascinating book right here on Cape Watch Radio.